At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and anyone else who wants to know about knives, talk about this, that, and the other thing, fool around, have some time occupied. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. With me, as always, is Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and the leader of the pack, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Guys, how's everybody? It's been another... I can't believe a week has flown by already since we last spoke. The time is just flying by. Summer will be over soon. Um, it's been uh, not a very productive week yet again, but very, very busy, so... Work has really started in earnest on my new shop in the new house. Um, power is in. Walls have gone up. Um, it's starting to take t- starting to take shape uh, to the point of where I can start moving some machines. I think within the next sort of two weeks, and maybe start working from there, which is going to be handy because we'll the, the kids start school in two weeks, so we'll drop them off at the school, and I'll be able to go to the new shop to work because it's closer. So yeah, so that's all going well. Um, Still waiting on packaging, <laughs> which seems to be never-ending. But I did get a shipping notification today, so I know they have actually sent it now, which is good. Um, what that does mean is I now have a solid date for releasing my folders, which will be the, I think it's the 3rd, September the 3rd. Right which is, the corner. Which is two weeks, so they're, they're all done. They're all, but I'm waiting for this packaging, and I want to do some promo shots and all the rest of it first. Um, so, yeah, so that's good, September the 3rd. And I think I'll launch them on the show like I did before with the previous knife, but I launched on the show. It seemed to, seemed to go quite well. So, um, so yeah, um, what else has been going on? I got very drunk last night, and I had a ha- <laughs> I've had a hangover today for the first time <laughs> in probably two years. Um Yes. What did you drink? Certainly over here. Only beer. Only beer. But the, the local village, they had a band on, and um, I went, and we stayed late, and uh, 
I've, yeah, I felt... I. <laughs> this is how bad I was today. I normally get up first with the kids in the morning and Amy gets some work done, that kind of thing. Um, I couldn't, so I stayed in bed. I was still in bed at 1 p.m., Whoa. When Amy showed up with a McDonald's and brought it, and I, which I ate in bed. That's how bad the hangover, oh, that's wow. how disgusting I was. It oh. was, oh. But it's the best yeah, thing. When you have a hangover, it, it needs to be a McDonald's, unfortunately. And um, But look at look at that love and understanding, though. My goodness. I know. It's, that's amazing. It's, it's been a long time <laughs> since that's happened, so, yeah. Okay. And I, what is what is her standing order for you? What it, you, Obviously, you're out. Yeah. She goes to McDonald's. She knows what you want. What does she get? It's just a Big Mac meal. It's just the, yeah. You got, Big Mac fries. You guys, months ago, you were giving me all this fritz about Big Macs, and you get, <laughs> your wife knows that that's what does the trick. Everyone knows that the Big Mac's where it's at. Uh, yes, yeah. When you're hang, when you're hungover, you just need that, that filth in you. So today, it's... Isn't that a Royale with cheese? just water. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Royale with cheese where or is you that are. The quarter yeah. Or is that the quarter pounder? Right. I can't remember. Quarter pound of a cheese or something, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Is so there today, close McDonald's to you? Um, probably about 30 minutes. Yeah, about 30 minutes. Oh, my. That is crazy. So a cold McDonald's in bed, wow. which is uh, the perfect hangover cure. If you, if you, and, uh, and I'm Did she, now functioning, so it's good. Did she take the kids with her, too? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they have? <laughs> she, she left the kids with their dead father. <laughs> yeah, I'm just passed out. Yeah, yeah, and she just let the kids, you know, grouping around. Uh, they they, they, did, they didn't have you. anything. Um, she didn't go specifically to get me McDonald's. She went out to do some bits and pieces. And the McDonald's was on the way. So on the way back, she, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Perfect. so I'm now feeling a lot brighter than I was. Um, I also, today, I found an old hard drive of mine. So I'm tidying up a bit here in this little oh studio and I found an old hard drive which I haven't seen for years and years and years plugged it in and I found stuff from sort of 10 years ago 15 years ago all on this hard drive so it's been like a treasure trove just looking through all this stuff which is which has been quite cool so, so that's what I've been doing is it like a bunch of zip disks or is it actually no like, like a USB hard, hard drive, drive you know um <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so yeah, the last two hours I've just been looking through old pictures and photos and stuff. It's, it's been pretty cool. So it's livened me up slightly. But um, production-wise, very very little. Um, I said more to do with getting the shop ready, the new shop, um, which I'm really happy with. So it's it's going to be almost three times the size of my current shop, which is needed because there's no room to swing a cat here. So um, yeah, so I'm I'm happy with that. Morocco, your week. How's it gone? This last week, uh, let's see, I've been focusing more on making Damascus. Um, so I've just kind of been working on that, honestly. And it's we're hit, having another heat wave. I think it's not over 100 yet, but we're going to be over 100 uh, again today and I think tomorrow as well. Yeah. So I'm actually only in the sh- I'm wearing flip-flops right now. <laughs> and so I'm not even I'm only here to record and that's it. And then I'm going back home uh and taking it easy with the family and trying to stay cool cuz the last time I got overheated was not good mm. for me or anybody honestly. Uh so so that's what I've been up to. Um when just real quick when Jeff said leader of the pack, I was ready like ready for that 50 song like the Shirelles or whoever does it <laughs> with the, vroom, vroom, yeah. the motorcycle in the background uh something else though something from last week's episode uh and Jeff's question about um you know selling the knife to the bad guy I was I I I couldn't figure out why it is I just like deep down I felt like I couldn't do it and I think and a point that you brought up Craig is like for all I know the people I'm selling knives to right now are potentially those bad people um, but I, I, it finally hit me what was what really bothered me is knowingly 
selling a knife to a bad person versus I don't know. You know, I I highly doubt that the people I'm selling my knives to are going to pay that kind of money when they could go to go to the thrift store and buy a knife for two bucks if they really wanted to do like a, a murder of passion or something the question, like that. When I originally designed the question and this is we're going to have this is there are tough questions in yeah. honesty episode will ha- will segment will happen and I have fucking good ones this week, too. Um, nice. It was meant to be. It wasn't exactly. In my mind, I'm thinking, let's just keep it vague, as vague as possible. Sure. Cheats on his taxes. You could, when somebody says, like, yeah. I know this guy, he's a bad guy. I've said things about bad people without them being, you know, murderers. Yeah. A, that's a guy I don't trust because he lied to me or something. So I was trying to keep it sure. vague in terms of, like, how do you balance that out? And maybe badness is really not a thing. But really what it came down to was is we don't know our customers anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, we know we don't know if they're tax cheats. We don't know if they're, you know, we don't know anything about them. So it was like a very, yeah. uh, so, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Just, so, just look at the, um, for me, that's what, the chat here. Oh, so, uh, again, for those who may be listening on Monday, we're doing this live and we have people watching live and they're, they're sort of chatting in the, in the chat room here. And Adam Davis, long-time listener and first-time live. Welcome, nice. Adam. Welcome to the show. Um, double cheeseburgers where it's at, says Aaron McVeigh. Um, to do steel toe flops. That's what you need, says W. Crumblade <laughs> Smith. Um, let's have a look. Do, 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 do. This is Aaron McVeigh again. Uh, do any of you guys and gals make your buyers sign a waiver releasing you of all liability? So that's quite linked to what you were just saying. Um, 100%. Do you really? Really? It's. I have terms and conditions. And when people pay their deposit and and also their final payment, they are agreeing to those terms and conditions. And part of that is me not being responsible. Wow. That makes a lot of sense, I suppose. Yeah. Hadn't thought of that. Terms of use is what I call it. Actually, I was talking to Jonathan Porter. I talked to him a lot. And he, because he's in Florida, and Florida is like the, you know, the national bird (laughs) is the lawyer. Crazy people. It's, (laughs) It's like, I mean, all they do is sue people down there. He had to have yeah. he had to have um, claw. I don't know if it was clauses or something, but it was based on. It was a lot of it had to do with the heat treatment and in case the knife broke. Wow! It was like it was more about that. But I mean, he he's like Florida is a very litigious state, probably the most litigious state, one of the most litigious states in the United States. So he's very conscious of like that stuff. But I don't. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because I mean, like. You know, you can buy a Wustoff and you don't have to do a terms of service. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do a contract with them. You buy whatever you want. Yeah. But no, it's probably very smart. So you make, you, they yeah, make, you make them sign it and then you hold on to it? or No. So by, by, make, by completing the transaction, they are agreeing. And I have a link straight to all the terms of use and everything. It's very easy and accessible for them to, um, to uh, read um, if they really want to read it. And then, yeah, when they pay... They're locked in. Wow. Makes make sense. Makes sense. It's sad that we're in this world. It's not hidden or anything. Yeah. It's not hidden. Hmm. It's, it's right. very obvious. Yes, it's like, yeah. by, by making this payment, you're agreeing to the terms in use, linked to terms in use, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Wow. Never Have you ever had anyone say, well, I don't want to sign this? No. Some people don't do that. Never. Some people are just like, oh, I'm not fucking doing this. Those Texans. That's fine. I'm not selling them a knife. <laughs> What was I going to say? I, you know, I wonder, I have to talk to my business partner, Tony, about, we, we pay liability insurance, and I wonder mm. if there, there's something sure. covered in that, but I, I'm not 100% yeah. sure that's not my department. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a good, good, uh, 
Good point, Aaron. Um, Jeff, your week. What's been going on? Dude, it's been like I've been I've been waiting for I've been waiting for like biopsy results and I have the results for that. We'll talk about that later. And then I was working on kind of catching up on stuff. I had one customer who was on like the bottom, you know, at the end of the list, getting ready for the new stuff. And my time, my time frame of of finishing knives is like drastically gotten shorter. So like I'm now at like I'm at like three, I'm like two or three months behind, which is great. It used to be like six to nine. It was crazy. Mm. And all of a sudden. I was doing this knife for this guy, and he and I said, "Oh yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to deliver it. I'm ready to send it off on Friday." And he goes, "Do you think you could save it, and for my birthday, save it? Don't I don't want to see it until my birthday?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. When's your birthday?" And he goes, "December." I was like, "No, oh, jeez, <laughs> what the fuck did I do this one for now?" Yeah. <laughs> but 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 you know, it was funny and it was great and it was you know everything's cool. But um, I was one morning. I was, I get up early, help my wife get out to work, and then I'm doing paperwork. I'm going to start to do more kind of working out before I walk the dogs. And I'm on Instagram, obviously, in the morning early, like, you know, 4.35. And I see this video from the Food Network, and I went absolutely out of, I, I went crazy. <laughs> and well, I went crazy because it was another one of these Food Network, and we're not going to say names, I'm not going to say names. The Food Network. I have one of his knives. The Food Network and all these people who do these food shows, these cooking guys, the Food Network comes up to these personalities and say, hey, I have this great idea. Let's do a knife sharpening tips quick video. And they're always bad. And they're always bad. And usually one of the worst parts, and here's I'm bringing a hot take back. If you put on a video or a short class or anything, 101, or 102, as in like you're conveying that it's a college-level course and you're not associated with a college or a school of learning. Knife sharpening 101, <laughs> knife sharpening 102. What you're doing is you're trying to make the watcher think that this is a core curriculum situation. 102, 101 are like when you go to college, it's the core yeah. curriculum, the foundational shit. Then you get these videos and these guys are saying stuff that just makes no sense. It, 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 not, not only did it make no sense, it's like, it's as if they tell these guys, hey, we need to do this quick video. Can you do it? And then they're like, yeah, fine, let's rush it through. This particular guy, he couldn't even get the stone in the thing. And then he's <laughs> he using words. Use the like, equipment. <laughs> he couldn't even figure out. I mean, he was hitting it with his fist. Like, to, he couldn't figure it out. Obviously, they just ran down to like the hardware store to get it. And then he was using <laughs> words like you have to find an even angle. And he was just using wording and then and then you stroke it one side for ten times and then you do the other side for ten times and then when you're honing it, you hone it. It's like they're not using none of them are using words or expressions that can convey what they're supposed to be saying in an easy to understand manner. And then mm. when you look at the comments, the comments are always like, um, that's awesome. Where can I get that stone? But you don't know how to use the stone because the guy didn't make any sense. Yeah, so yeah. I went, I went a little bit crazy, and I went, and and I also, and I kind of understand where they're coming from. And this also kind of stems from a conversation I had with Ilya uh, Alexiev and Full Blast podcast in regards to who's responsible for this content that comes out on the TV and who's you know ultimately responsible. And I thought maybe this would be a good conversation for you guys. There are no 
there are no people in on the Food Network or any of these channels who have any, you know, they don't have Lynn Ray on the payroll. They don't have hmm. Master Bladesmiths on the payroll to say, all right, this is how you do it. This is how you should say it. So they get these cooks who know how to sharpen a knife. Honestly, 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 I mean, you can cook food with a, you know, a cut tin can top. I mean, let's not get crazy here. <laughs> and then I want to see that video. And then, and then they say things that make no sense. They say things that it's just, it's not even at the basis, at the basis, they're always bad. And I just went crazy. And then I, and then I took everything down only because I thought I should be saving this content for knife talk. <laughs> what do you guys think about these, you know, food videos with these chefs who claim to be experts on all these things, but clearly they're not. They're like a never-ending stream of hot takes. It's a bunch of shit they don't actually know. I don't know if it's... I don't know. <laughs> this is, or, or armchair quarterbacking, maybe. Because they're talking outside of their realm of actual knowledge. Mm. Um, and I think it, it's, it may seem nice in the short term, but ultimately, like you said, nobody's learning anything. And I, I don't know. You must have... You had to have watched the whole video. But the whole purpose of it was to drive people to some show or something that he's promoting at the right. very end of the video if right. you want more like this come check out blah 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 at such time on such channel and it's like aha this is all bullshit <laughs> to drive people to your stupid show <laughs> but at the same time thanks it's for sharing more, it's, more, it's more about it's more about these are hastily made and there's nobody oh, yeah. in the background who who says wait a second what do you mean find an even angle what does that mean? Hmm. You know, what's the goal right. of when you're putting your knife on an angle on the stone? What's the what's the goal of doing it ten times? Why are we doing it ten times one side and ten times the other side? But what are we looking for? There wasn't none of that, and it was just very much along the lines of these. They do this almost like every few months, and they get they rotate them all out, and 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 I, it's as if they're just like no one. When I wrote that show that got pitched to the Food Network, part of it was intended to be. Um, part of it was intended to be educational, but from a very simplistic level. Even when I did the uh, Epicurious video, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to talk over people's heads. And I didn't, I wanted to talk to people very plainly. I don't think there's any reason to pretend like I know more than other people. I'm more interested in getting the very simple idea out there. Mm. You get the feeling like they're trying to push one past you, you know? And it's like consistent. It's consistent. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen that particular video, so I'll have to go back and see if I can find it. But um, I think if when people don't know much about a subject, they'll just throw out these buzzwords that they've heard. Um, and again, they, they don't know the, the meaning of them, you know, the reasoning for doing these things. They're just, they're just copying. They're just mimics. They're just copying what they've seen without the knowledge behind it to know what they're doing. And And you see that a lot. And I think... Particularly with TV networks, they now have, you know, everybody's using Instagram and all these kinds of things as well. They're not putting the same thought into that as maybe they'd put in for a show. I mean, it was very different with what Jeff did with Epicurious. I know you had production guys and you wrote it and it was, it was scripted and, you know, a lot of effort went into that. Um, but when you anybody can just pick up a phone and just start talking into a camera, if they don't know what they're talking about, they're just going to rely on mimicking what they've heard from others, you know, and it's... Yeah, and it's, it's obvious when you see it. It really is obvious. But it's crazy because here's the funny thing about Epicurious. I was very careful 
to the the only thing I did or said that was people were breaking my balls about was they said integral integral instead of integral, which Jerry Fisk says the same thing. So go talk to him as well. <laughs> no one ever said to me, with the exception of a couple people who were kind of really out of it, that I said something that was inaccurate, <laughs> and that was very important. That I was making things not inaccurate, and I could have said anything. They would never have known. I could have said anything. I had to correct a couple of their. <laughs> Um, a couple of their edits because they were they put everything out of order to the point where it would have made me sound like I'm not talking. I know what I'm talking mm. about, but like these none of these people on these TV shows have any don't they don't care. And when I was talking to Ilya, he was blaming um, you know he don't like Forge and Fire, so he instead of blaming the, the Watcher, who's a wa- obviously I mean you can't deny it's got like what. 12 seasons that's a success yeah. regardless of whatever you think about it shows a success but he seems to blame the production people and it's like they're just they're just they know that they're making money on these you know the, with the viewers and they're able to generate ad revenue so it's not really their fault now in regards to this show no one you know when i wrote my show for the, the pitch they said well it's too masculine well Fine, whatever. I mean, don't give a shit. I'm the, I give your answer, your answer. But they get this dude on to like fight with his whetstone, punch his whetstone, <laughs> punch his whetstone. Really? Wow. It is like, oh, dude, he was like banging on it. They couldn't even edit that part out. They wanted, they should have said, just fucking play it out. We'll cut out you like trying to force it in. He's banging on it, yeah. oh, and wow. it's like. <laughs> It, it was so, it was so, it made me, it, that's what made me angry. It made me angry because it was just like, I can't believe these motherfuckers, you know, threw me out because I'm too masculine. Meanwhile, this dude's getting in a fist fight with his whetstone, <laughs> talking about get your even angles. It's annoying. So this I think is you, down, this you is... bring up a good point. Go on, Morocco, sorry. I was just, I was just going to say real quick, it bring, you bring up a good point about advertising, and a lot of people get frustrated with Forge and Fire because because they're like, oh, it's not accurate. Or, no, that's not, it's like totally unrealistic, which is true. It's all true. But the reality is what they're, they're not really trying to sell an education no. or, or anything outside of advertising space. What they're really key on, what they're really trying to do is create a space where people are, eyeballs are watching, yeah. and then in between on commercial breaks, people are also seeing those advertisements right. and the ad, and they're making money from the, it's the same thing for food network and even magazines there i mean that whole thing with that chef is you know they got a little bit of you know uh report they get to build rapport and trust with their audience so that the audience come back right. and see more of their posts more of their advertising get their magazine all that shit watch their shows all of that it's all about advertising space and selling advertising space mm. so then what's yeah. so here's the question here's the ultimate question and i was arguing with Ilya because i felt number one he's a smart guy <laughs> i caught him slipping at the end just you can listen to that episode i caught him slipping in he he all fooling around at the end he, he was talking so much the whole show that i had caught him slipping at the end the the, the how do you how do you go about convincing you have to take control of those shows in order for you to be able to have the right information out that you think is going to be more valuable. How do you do, how could you possibly do that? It's almost impossible. How can you say, all right, fortune fires is nonsense. I'm going to do a real show and then we're going to pick it up and that they're going to pick it up and we're going to make more money and people are going to be able to really understand what we're doing. I don't unless you're bringing your own money in, I don't think it's possible. 
Yeah, your own money, no. or or you've got something about you, such as a huge following. If you're bringing a following, right. they'll let you. Yeah, that's why they. You know, they have all all the TV shows now. They're all like celebrity TV shows now. Even like game right. shows. You know, they have celebrities on game shows because they bring in viewers with them as well. And it's like you know, you see it on Instagram where people have you know lives with somebody else. People tend to do it with people with you know with a bigger following because you're introducing yourself to a bigger a bigger group of people. And it's exactly the same with TV, I assume. Hmm. It's I will, interesting. I will say one thing: I saw Chopped Chopped a few seasons back when they were in Seattle. They had Bob Kramer on as a guest expert judge, and the whole thing was about sharpening an, a dull ass knife and using it to break stuff down and actually in a practical application. And he was literally walking up around them. And checking out the knives, and he's just like, nope. And these people were so proud of themselves, and then they're like leading into it about their sharpening technique and all this kind of stuff. And Bob was walking around saying, no, nah, that's not good enough. You can't move on yet. Hmm. And that's, I thought that's, that was that's one of the few times I've seen that, though. But that, that, that's the I mean, that's the ultimate story that we all know that most cooks yeah. don't know about. You know, <laughs> most cooks can get away with getting those you know, $20 Dexter knives and they'll make a perfectly beautiful meal. Half of them don't, half of them don't know anything about it, which is fine. At some point, at some point it's annoying. It, and it, I don't give a shit if this guy wants to, you know, you know, beat up his whetstone on TV, punch it all you want. I didn't give a fuck. But at the same time, it's just like, at what point do we say, you know, does somebody say, Hey, let's have something that's based on reality or they mean too much like, you know, we need is you're you're interrupting our brisket talk, you know, yeah. our fat rib talk. You yeah, know? but I mean, who are the audience for that? You know, a factual show where everything right. is perfect. There's going to be a very <laughs> limited audience to that. Something that's entertaining. They bring a few celebrities on and all the rest of it. You know, that's it's just middle of the road stuff. But it is what, as as Marika said, it will get eyeballs watching. Speaking of which, in regards to these these cooking competition shows. I think that it's more annoying when there's this critical judge of other cooks and then the same person who's, you know, making up stuff about knife making, about knife sharpening. Hmm. That, I think that's what annoyed me. It was like, this is a guy who's the judge right. on the show. He talks all shit. He probably talks shit about the guy's ribs. P.S. That's not a masculine show, right? Barb brisket and ribs are not, you know, give me a, whatever, dude. I I'm not going to, I'm not bitter. All, Jeff, this is all bitter. about you feeling bitter about your show not being picked up. I would, because, as you say, I, you're way too masculine. I think you're just too bitter about it. That's what the problem is. I'm probably too bitter. I'm probably too bitter, which I expe- I accept. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not, you know, but at the same time, at the same time, it, it's annoying because they rotate Every single one, every single, I would say that the only chef that they should get on to do knife sharpening would be, uh, APL, you know, Adam Perry Lang, because sure. the guy that actually went to the, he's the only chef that's gone to the New England School of Metalworks yeah. to take yeah. class with Nick Rossi. Yeah. You know, it's like he could do it. You know, he's got more skills than anybody else in terms of like understanding what's happening as opposed to saying, you know, find your even angle and stroke it 10 times. What the fuck does that mean? You know, <laughs> Adam Davis in so. the chat has said about the that Gordon Ramsay video, which I think most of us have probably seen, but he's using a hone and he's just smashing this knife into this hone and it's just oh, disgusting. Dude, <laughs> I, I think watch. he's awesome. I, he is awesome, but that was hard to watch. You're yeah. right. 
where he's yeah. just like scratching it. It was almost <laughs> like he was like trying to. It was like he was like trying to like you know to be a DJ or something on the fucking phone. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Anyway, shall we take a few questions, um, which we call? Hey sure. man, can I ask you a question? And I'll, I'll do the first one. So this has come from Instagram, and this is from Charlie Lionheart. Um, if you could go back to the beginning of your career, would you rather have the tools you have now or the knowledge that you've gained? Hmm, interesting question. Uh, Morocco, what do you think? Um, the tools you have now or the knowledge you've gained and had to start over again? I think the knowledge. Tools are easy to come by. Knowledge and wisdom are not. Yeah. And skills are not. Okay, uh, that's, that's all I got, Jeff. That's a lay. That's a layup answer. I mean, yeah. I, I one <laughs> thing was a layup answer is the, the who gives a shit about the tools. It's like, I tell you one thing. You guys make fun of my age. I wouldn't trade to be ten years younger for anything. I have so much more enlightenment than I did ten years ago that I wouldn't trade my age for. I wouldn't trade ten years for for anything. I'm such I'm in such a better place mentally than I was at 37 that there's just no question. Yes. So I would totally like you know. 60 Just to put that in perspective. You wear 60 very I'll, I'll well. I'll be 30. I'll be 37 next week. Well, next week. Happy, ha- wow! Happy birthday! Yeah. Marek's coming up. Marek was fishing for gifts there, everybody. <laughs> audible credits. That's all I want. Just audible credits. I do nothing but read, listen to stories. All right. No, I'm just teasing. Don't get me anything. I hate birthday presents. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Don't get me anything. Yeah. I, I say that to my, well, my wife says that to me and I'm like, yeah, right. As if I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so where well, are we? Um, would you rather have the tools you have now or the knowledge you get? Yeah, it's an easy one. Like you guys have said, it's yeah, it's got to be the knowledge because tools you can you can, you can buy quickly. You know, knowledge you can't buy quickly. It's something that you need to need to earn and gain, I suppose. Okay, let's talk about one of our sponsors. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. KNIFETALK15. That's the promo code. You can get 15% off your whole order. Head on over to CombatAbrasives.com and use the best belts in the business. Okay, let's take talk another. about some knowledge. Really, I was just going to say really quick, the Golden Kalani, Mr. Andreas Kalani, does a lot of kind of informative content with in collaboration with Combat. So you can check that out on Combat's Instagram as well. Cool. Cool. Um, Grateful Knives, Jeff, um, he wants to know about um, (laughs) the state of your arsehole. We'll get into that later, maybe. Whoa. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Grateful Knives. Don't you think that's a little bit... That's a a harsh question to ask. Jesus. Poop hole polyp biopsy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to take this next question, Moreco, from the Canton Cutler? Sure. guys are very invasive. (laughs) He says, question, I'm new to the dangerous game of buffing. I buffed some hardwood and made it go green. Uh, What compound do I, yeah, what what compound do you use for hardwoods and stay well? The Canton Cutler. All right. So I'm guessing if he's using a green buffing compound, it's probably why it turned green. I don't know any other reason why it would have gone green. No, not with wood. No. Um... Yeah, I assume he's using a green. Um, I use a 
a pink and a yellow compound. Um, I'm not sure of what grits or whatever they are, but they, they just work for me. Um, and sure. I've also got a special one which I use for plastics. Um, yeah, and that, that's pretty much it. Um, I try to keep my, my buffing uh, wheels as clean as possible, so you, you guys have laughed about this in the past, but I will put them in the washing machine a few times before they before they give up. Um, to my Yeah, to the delight of my wife. Um, but yeah, keep them clean. As I said, I think... I'm using pink and then yellow, um, and I, yeah, it seems to work well. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I, what, the, what, the reason it's going green, maybe. I see a lot of people on buffers as well, really lending the weight in and pushing their weight into it, you know. And I think that's that's mm. two things that you're going to build up a lot of heat, um, the more chance of the, the buffer grabbing as well, because these things we all know they're dangerous as hell. Um, I'm very yeah. very light with my buffers because I mean, you. But at that point, you've done your hand sanding, um, and you're literally just putting a sort of sheen on it. Um, so I never sort of lean in hard right. to it, and may, maybe that's what you're doing, which is why you're getting more of that the the, uh, the sort of the residues stick into the. Uh, stick into the piece because of the heat maybe i don't know but um yeah just go just go lightly make sure your wheels are relatively clean um and i, I don't see why you really have a problem do you do you buff much jeff yes i've recently been doing i've been do i've been using compound more recently and part of it is because i like the finish i like the finish especially on the the spine the connection between the wood and the spine I love the, the finish with um, the Corby bolts and the brass hardware. And I'm using the lightest compounds I can with a clean wheel. Um, yeah, I would think that the green comes off because of the green compound. And then what mm -hmm. I do afterwards is then I'll take a, I'll, I'll kind of like wipe everything down with um, acetone afterwards. And then I'll do it again with another clean, you know, I'll do it another clean if I see any kind of smudging. I'll yeah. clean it off and then give it a buff with like a clean wheel. And then that's usually pretty good. Yeah. I don't do a lot of buffing. I've been starting to do it more often now. Tim Brown in the chat has just said no. you need to use different buffs for wood, plastic, and steel. Yeah, so m maybe that could be a problem as well. You're using maybe something that you've used for steel, and then you're using it on the on the on the wood. And it could be maybe opening up the grain a bit more, and then allowing that green to sort of flood in, maybe. And combat abrasive sells not only the compounds but the w different wheels. Like I have a different wheel that's right. strictly for uh, Kydex for uh, kind of glossing up the edges of the Kydex. So definitely, and they have a lot of information on, um, they have a lot of information in videos. Actually, Andreas Kalani did a video on how he buffs his Kydex, the edging, and it's on combat. So combat's got good good uh, resources for all that. And they, I think they make their yeah. own compound. They got dudes like wow. pouring yeah. greasy compound into molds and shit. It looks- wow. They make their own stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, cool. try to, they, they try to make as much as they can. <clears throat> Um, yeah, in my experience, I have, uh, tried to use <laughs> the green compound for buffing handles and it stained the shit out of it. Um, I did find that either, uh, like a Johnson's paste wax or like a Camilla oil, Camellia oil will help kind of break that down and it'll help clean it off. But if there are any kind of pores, open pores, porosity in the wood, it's going to take it on and especially if it's a lighter wood or even like a spalted maple or something like that it's going to take it on it's it's going to stain it it's not going to come back out i use i have a black um polishing compound that i use for darker woods uh that i'll then follow sometimes depending on the grain i'll follow with the white and then the pink otherwise if it's a lighter wood i use the white buffing compound 
uh, and then follow it with the pink. Or sometimes I just do the pink, which is quote unquote the scratchless, uh, squ- scratchless uh, compound. Mm. Uh, I don't know why it buffs things up so nicely, but it does. And um, that's that's my move. Do you use different? Craig, you ever different wheels for different um, compounds, or do you just use? You, yes, one hundred percent. Each color, each compound gets its own wheel yeah. for sure, because you don't want to get those mixed up. I was going to ask you really quick. Craig, do you ever worry about like those buffing compounds and those abrasives getting into your underpants when you wash <laughs> in the washer? Oh, you wa- ah, like, right. I, like, I see what you mean. <laughs> I see what you mean. Uh, no. So I I use a, an old pillowcase and I put the uh, the, yeah, yeah. the buffing wheels into there and then it goes through. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. I'm, I'm not. I'm not squeaking when I'm walking. I'm okay. fine. I'm all good. <laughs> Do you Shiny want to take balls that next one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one comes from Peter Does. I'm thinking about starting a knife selling business. Uh, I'm going to work with several makers at first. Which end of the market makes more sense to target initially? Uh, high end and full custom, uh, EDC, Bushcraft, Pocket. Um, also, um, is there any money? Is there money? Is there money in it? So basically, a guy wants to be like a broker, a broker or a knife selling guy who deals with other knife makers and like sells for them. Yeah, and wants to know who to focus on, and is it worth it? I think it's going to be. I mean, you if you're doing that, you've got to bring some to the table. You've got to have an audience ready. Otherwise, why would a maker come to you and you know potentially give you a split? Um, so I suppose you've got to look at the audience, who that audience are, and what they'd be looking to see. Um, yeah, I think it's as simple as that, really. Who who the audience that that you already have, what are they looking to buy, and maybe maybe start things that way. Um, but it's, yeah, it's something that I've never sort of considered, so I don't really know that much about it. But um, you need to have something to bring to the table. You can't just be some guy who's like, oh, let me try and sell your knives, because quite often the maker will probably have a bigger following anyway. So um, yeah, I mean, Morocco. I mean, you use third party sometimes, don't you? Selling your knives. How does how does that sort? Of, and why would you go with these people as opposed to others? Yeah, so I think the goal, like especially when I first started out, I was brand new to the knife making, like the custom knife making scene. I had no name, even though I'd been doing work for Bob Kramer for three years. Nobody knew who I was, um, and so <clears throat> I kind of I relied on the retailer to help kind of get the word out there that I'm. It, it's kind of like they're vouching for you in a way. Uh, because especially as they have more um, experience, they build reputation with a collector base. And those collectors look to mm-hmm. them kind of like a gallerist or as a private shopper kind of in a way for some some of these retailers. And so they trust that this gallerist is bringing in quality work. And so that's kind of how I got my start. And I think that's a good reason to go with a retailer, especially if you're new. Um, there, There is also an opportunity, even if you are more established, to broaden your horizons generally speaking just to um because that's the other potential that um a a gallerist offers is that they will present your work to a a different group of people who may not even know you exist um and even if that's 10 knives that get sold because of that that's 10 knives Mm. like that's not nothing um and but I think the hard part of becoming one of these people, one of these retailers or gallerists is like, who, like, who are you? Why does anybody trust your opinion on knives? And then 
developing relationships with makers so the makers trust to because there's there's a, a other side of the relationship is where the i as a maker need to trust that this gallery gallery gallerist or retailer is going to represent my work fairly and properly in a, in a in a good light so that it it reflects well back on me and if they mm. if they're nobody no offense but if nobody knows who you are like why is anybody going to trust either potential buyers or makers going to trust to buy work from you or sell work to you well i mean he's obviously thinking about it it's not you know we're not at like right no he's but these are calling you up saying he's you're asking what to think about <laughs> it's like i just personally think that it's i personally think that the juice isn't worth the squeeze because if you think about it you know how do you d deal with the you know the cut you know all of a sudden mm. do they give you like i've worked with dealers where they buy my shit direct and then in my mind i think so that means they're adding a percentage on top like i'm not giving them a wholesale price and then right. you either do that but then all of a sudden it's just like well why would i do that why would i why would i buy with a with a additional price yeah. as opposed to Coming going direct. direct to the person yeah. now with that said you get guys who like uh, eating tools is probably the one of the best in the game he represents the cream of the crop. Yep. And I have a feeling that most of those people also don't want to deal with the sales part. Maybe they don't want to deal with the back office part. Maybe they don't want to deal with the emails and the nonsense. Maybe they want someone yep. to, to handle it over to them. So maybe for, it's yep. worth 20%, 30%. I don't know. I, don't, I, mean, I would think 30% would be sure. high for a small-time guy. But at the same time, it's like if I'm selling other people's knives, is it worth it for me to – be also be responsible for shipping it and taking the pictures and marketing it and all these guys that you yeah. know Abe over at Eating Tools gives everybody the like the first class treatment. I mean, these guys get awesome pictures. Everyone, all the knife makers who use Abe are just like, oh my god, he takes the best pictures. And I mean, it's it's not nothing, you know. So mm -hmm. it's like. I don't know. He crafts a really beautiful narrative for each of the makers too. He's a good dude. And and mm. yeah, and you brought you brought up a very good point because if you are not good at that side. Like, like your conversation with uh, Nick Anger, Anger, uh, he he does. I from in, in even my own conversation, you know, he doesn't necessarily always like working with customers, um, and I think there are a lot of people like that. And they can look at working with a retailer as a business relationship, like they have a business partner in a way, kind of like yeah. you have Tony. They can look at this retailer potentially as a business partner. Yes. Maybe the, you sell at a discount, but that's their cut for doing the other yeah, half of the right. work. It's like right, outsourcing, outsourcing like the admin part, and, and that's the cost yeah. for it. Their cut is is the cost for their service. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yako yeah. is in the chat, and um, we had a chat with Yako a couple of weeks ago. He's come up with another crazy <laughs> excuse why he needs to go. Last time it was Alex Taylor dropped a new video. He's going to go, and this time he's talking about some sort of vet that's coming into his shop. Yako. You can't leave us again, not not in the lurch again. We'll check in on you later, just to make sure you're still here. I think we should ban him. <laughs> we should just kick him out. Him. <laughs> yeah, you're banned. You're banned. You're leaving us again. You're in, you shouldn't just... See, the, the problem with Yako is, is you announce these things, and you're expecting us to right. feel... I mean, if you've got to leave for a party, you don't say anything. You do the, do the Irish goodbye. We would never have known. But you say, oh, i got to go. i got Love this Russian ex-Spetsnaz vet that we need to know that, too. It's just like... 
What do you want us to cry for you, Yako? I mean, come on, man. You're here or you're not here. And if you're not here, don't announce it because we're going to go after you. So if you're not here by the end of the show, you're banned. Period. That's it. <laughs> banned for life. Okay. Banned for life. Let's talk about another one of our sponsors. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Even Heat's best in the business, and we can get you a discount. So rather than go to evenheat.com, if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that'll take you directly to Soul Ceramics and their distributor of Even Heat. Um, so you you can spec out. You can get like the KH model, which is the 120 version, or the, the I, I didn't realize the KO model reaches 2,400 degrees, whereas all the others are 2,200. So you can spec out exactly with the, you know, the, the solid state drives and all the rest of it spec it out with soul ceramics they'll get you all squared away and we can get you 75 dollars off and free shipping in the u.s so go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat or just hit the link in the description and you'll be able to get yourself that uh that discount at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, Jeff, do we have any sort of big talking points for this week? We have tough scenarios, and I'm looking for answers, honest, honest answers, not phony answers. Okay. And P.S., Yako, I was just kidding. Just don't, you know, step off the ledge. Everything's fine. You're not banned. Just, you know, I know you're listening to this on Monday, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You're fine. Just it's a joke. So Tough Scenarios <laughs> was a big hit. I got a lot of messages in my DMs in regards to uh, last week's uh, Tough Scenarios, questions asked. We, we actually talked about contractors and how contractors can go over budget. And I got a f- listener feedback from Joshua Endes who said, listening to today's podcast, I work for an electrical contractor. I would say reputation is a big deal for a contractor. I basically said that contractors are the only business in the world where you can go over budget and not say anything until then. <laughs> you know, it happens all the time. And, um, and so he said, uh, I would say reputation is a big deal for a contractor. It helps you get more work and it makes you, um, uh, t- if you make deadlines and don't go over budget. Um, if we do go over or mess up, we eat that cost. But what gets us contractors blood boiling is if the customers have uh, someone to make changes in addition with the expectation that it won't affect the final cost 
or the deadline, the nerve of these assholes. Ha ha ha. Mm. So basically, he's he's uh, he's saying that people make people make changes at that. I'm sure that people make changes and then they think that why are you charging me for this? But I mean, the first three letters of the word contractor, C O N, man. I mean, let's just not. We can never, 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 ever, ever, re- re- you know, forget that. Just yeah. don't forget that. So thanks for listening. And um, so I'm going to do a little warm up. We're going to do a warm-up question. I'm going to answer these questions. We're going to mull them over, and I want real honest answers. I don't want phony answers. This is your chance to pretend like people aren't listening or watching. This one comes from Grateful Knives. Who's in the chat today? One of your friends needs a... Yeah, he's in the chat. I listen. I I know. I I see him. Uh, One of your friends needs a new liver, and you're the only one who can (laughs) save his life. Would you do it? Now, here's the catch. You need to uh, rehab for six months per prior, and you can never drink alcohol again. But there's a big chance that the host that you're giving your liver to has a drinking problem. What do you do? Oh, wow. Well, first off the bat, I don't think my liver's in a good condition today. Let's give it a few weeks. (laughs) Let let it sort of regenerate a bit and heal itself. It's six months. You got six months. You got six months to rehab it. Okay, okay. So no booze for six months. You give your liver, and then you can never drink again. I think if you this is this is a weird one because essentially anybody could do this anybody could become a donor and you could do this to a complete stranger um but if it's for yeah, a buddy yeah yeah I think so it's, you would yeah I think so yeah if it's right now yeah I'm Partic- surprised. Particularly right now, because I'm, I'm one of those days I'm never drinking again kind of thing but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah of course yeah if it's somebody that yeah that I'm close to. And it, you know it's going to preserve their life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not going to kill me. It's 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 you know it's yes, I'd say yes. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Mareko, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I was just trying to think like what like the different tiers of friends, and I think I ha- I definitely have friends that. Uh, that I consider family or like brothers to me. And those guys would be, it would not be a question. Hmm. So whether they never drink again, or not. never drinking yeah, again. I'm fine. I'm fine with not. Who okay. needs to drink anyways? Of course. Look at, look at you. Well, I mean, you're, you're the king of taking breaks. You do great. Take breaks. No problem. Taking breaks. Is that, <laughs> have you both fi- finally answered? Yeah. I think that's my final answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm f- officially so. saying you're both phonies. That's you. That's the. I am saying no. Really? And I'm going to give you a story why. <laughs> I had I had a family member a long time ago when my kid was just born, who was in need of something, a part. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it vague. They needed a part, and I was trying to be magnanimous, and I said that I would consider being a donor, and. It, it, this was a, someone who wasn't young. This wasn't a young person. This was like, you know, probably just let's keep it at, at that. When, when I came home, my wife said to me, well, don't you think, you know, you're, you have a child. Don't you think you should try to be as, you know, this is a part that if something goes wrong or something that you're going to need, you, your, your health is part of the responsibility of the family. Hmm. And then another family member said to me, you're not doing it. It's like that's a, you're just not doing it. You have a you have a young family. You have a young child. You have to think about your family. This is someone who, 
blah, 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 blah. There's a million donors out there. You have to think about your family. And I ultimately was just like, I felt like shit because I should have kept my mouth shut. Hmm. Ultimately, it wouldn't, I w- it wouldn't have happened, but it was this, I was put in this position and I didn't think about it. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up obviously not. But it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I never even thought about that. And my wife was like, yeah, you, you did a nice thing for this person. But it's just like, you know, you are, you know, if something goes wrong on the operating table or if, if you have further health problems down the line because of this, you know, you have a family. Okay, I'm going to bite back now because you just said that your initial answer was the exact same fucking thing that Craig and I said. <laughs> do you but remember then that time? Do you, you had somebody that? wiser right. than you right. add to it. So now that you've shared that same opinion, yeah. I'm That's rethinking just, that. There is, are millions of donors out there. So see? I don't think our, our answer was not disingenuous. No, it wasn't. It was lacking. Yeah. Depth of understanding. Yeah, that's called phony. So mm. we're not phonies. No, we're not phonies. <laughs> but also, can I just we make answered honestly make a point that um, <laughs> no, you you're not boon, phony. You're not phony. Boone Parrot in the chat <laughs> has also just said that it's, you can't actually donate a liver unless you're dead. So um, the whole thing is moot. <laughs> the, the whole thing is moot. <laughs> all right. Well, I got a follow right, up so question. I, are you guys are you guys uh, organ donors? Yes. yes. It, like, say you die for yeah. Who knows what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me too. I think okay. I think here in France that you are unless you opt out as opposed to opting in. Mm. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I opted in anyway a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. are you guys changing your answers now? <sighs> no, no, I'm not. Oh, damn. But damn. but then again, I mean, we've we've just heard that we can't with a liver. So let's say let's say a kidney, which is something you can do. And okay. um, okay. um if if it's someone that I'm close to, I still I still would. It it may hmm. lessen the quality of my life slightly and for my immediate family, but it's it's not hmm. gonna it's not a huge amount, you know. It's it's not okay. taking twenty years off my life. It okay. just makes it a bit more uncomfortable. Okay, okay, all right. That was a good warm up round, guys. I give you I'll give you a round of applause once again. You know, you did a good job. Um, this one comes from Luke Bright, and we're gonna. This is gonna be one. That's so, what uh, Eric Carnival said. I can get you a liver. I know a guy. Use Knife Talk 10 and get 10% off. The people in the chat, if you're in the chat and you're doing zingers, I'm stopping everything for the zingers. If you watch us live on Fridays, you can have a chance to be congratulated. That's the line of the day. Eric Carnival, give yourself a round of applause. Knife Talk 10 gets you 10% off a liver. He knows a guy. All right. <laughs> This one comes from Luke Bright, and this will be a, uh, a few. There'll be a few tiers of questions that are going to happen. Okay. So the question is: Is you're going you're offered a million dollars cash to build one knife, but the, it's the last knife you ever get to make. Do you make, do you take the money? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's it. Wow. Know. I've got so many different stuff that I'm into. That I could quite easily fill that time back up by doing something else that I that I love doing too. So yeah, take the money and um, without without question. Um, wow! And I think that would be for any for most things. If, mo- if somebody said, would you, would you stop playing guitar for a million dollars? I'd say yes. If you would, you would you stop? You know, whatever, watching TV or whatever it may be. Because there's so, I'm, I'm into so many different other things that I could easily would fill you up stop that time fucking that for a gap million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh Probably yeah, not. at my age, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so why, I'm a, I'm very impressed with the both of you. Million dollars, you can never do it again. Wow, yeah. no question. You didn't even think about it. That's yeah. awesome. I did. Yeah. yeah. Easy. So yeah. The, 
I get to I get to think about these over the week, so I have I said <laughs> I said no. I said no for this reason. I would have to dissolve Fader Knives. I would have to, you know, some of the money's gonna go to taxes. And then I gotta split I gotta split the money with my business partner. And then we have to figure out something else to make. And then I started thinking excuse me. I thought maybe we could make something different. Maybe it is worth it for the million dollars. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it for I think the million is sounds like a lot, but maybe it isn't. I don't mm, know. Maybe. I, listen, you guys surprised me. I, God damn you. You're both. I give you a lot of credit for saying yes. I give you a lot of credit. I, <laughs> I, was, I thought that the, I, I thought could start that the making... phony answer was my answer to saying no. But the, you guys did a I good job. I could fall back on Damascus making for me. There you go. Look at you. I can That's make it. plenty Million of Damascus dollars. without making any knives. Million yeah. dollars. R.W. Crumb Bladesmith says, I'll just make bottle openers and steak turners from now on. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Norris says he's going to start making axes. And uh, Adam Davis says Fader can make Fader forks, which I, yeah, I would do. All right, now here's the amended scenario number one, okay? Okay. The Food Network starts, this is going to be, this is, this is my favorite one. The Food Network uh, or, or any kind of food, you know, content sure. provider starts an audio content network and offers us, Knife Talk, a slot five days a week. Oh. Jeez. Wait a second. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And let's just pretend like there's no, there's no, there's no, you know, time difference. It's not like, you know, one yeah. o'clock in the morning. We just show not, up let's and forget talk. about that. Let's just, it's a morning drive TV radio show. We'll get five days a week, t- um, six to 10. We'll get a producer. We'll get writers, audio engineers, guest bookers. So basically, we just roll out of bed, right? Yeah. Yeah, Guaranteed. That's, what, that's what you guys do anyway. Let's face it. Uh, don't don't want me into that. Whatever you do, don't want me into that. So guaranteed, two hundred grand a year, five year contract. Okay, no, we're not going to get fired. We're not. They're not going to dump us after a year. Five year contract, two hundred grand a year, and it gives you enough time to spend maybe a couple hours a week in the shop, but not enough to have a knife company. Would you take it? Two hundred grand, five-year contract. We have uh, the staff. You don't have to do any button pushing. You got the writers. You don't have to do any. You know, we 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 could we could you know people could give us bits and we could say yes, no. We could have baba buoys and we could yell at interns (laughs) and we could have a real morning radio show. Two hundred grand a year, committed five-year contract. Two hundred grand a year. Take it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Six to ten. I have one caveat. I have one caveat. Go yeah. ahead. What's a caveat? <laughs> Craig gets to make a playlist of music that we get to play. No problem. Throughout yeah, one hundred percent. No problem. <laughs> Perfect. That's it. There's no problem. No problem. So you taking it too? I'm in. Oh, jeez, Louise! Wow, everyone's <laughs> taking. It. I'm taking it too, just because I want to be in radio. Amended scenario number two. That oh, was wow, easy. Okay. You guys did a good job. They make a show for a broader audience. Somebody makes the Food Network. So we got money. We don't want to make a broader. We want to make a show. Can't just talk about plunge lines and buffers. It's just not. This is this is. We need to grow. Yeah. They make an amended show for a broader audience, and there's a chef, well, a chef personality involved. Like you know, whatever you name, whoever you want. Maybe there's a comedian, and only one of you, one of us, only one of us. <laughs> One of us has to leave Knife Talk. Let's just say you're the one who has got to leave Knife Talk. Do you do it? 
what would you do grand a year five five thin contract you got to leave knife talk what do you do so you still get the money. Two hundred grand sounds like a weak contract. Five, yeah. two hundred grand. So, so what okay, you still get? You still get the two hundred grand if you leave, and no, you guys get the two hundred grand person, for carrying on. The person or who do gets get the nothing? show. The person who gets the show. One of the three of us gets invited to be on the show. The other two ride the pine on knife talk. Do right. you take it? Yeah. Good for you. This I, is some uh, real. Yeah. I'm fucking surprised. I think, I think so. This 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 is yeah. Yeah, I you think t- so too. It's business. God, it's, it's, you guys yeah. are not phony. I would take it too. I would take it uh, too. And the funny thing is, yeah. is I would think. So what's the reaction? Let's just say you you don't get picked. Maybe you're you we're one. Mm. You're you're the one. You're the, you're the man out. What's your reaction? Wow. Peace and love. Nothing Damn. But peace and love. I I would be fuming. Oh, you would be fuming. fuming. <laughs> You'd be, be fucking steaming. fuming. You'd yeah. be so fuming. You know what I thought? I thought you guys were going to do the phony answer saying I would never leave. I would stay with Knife. You guys have done too much. And what I would say is I would never get, I would never get, I would never interrupt uh, or be uh, impediment to your success, to your success, you, Mareko, you, Craig. I would never do something yeah. to be an impediment to your success, and I would encourage you. But, if it was just me and the other two, on one, either one of you a knife talk, I would go out of my way to whip that show's ass. I would do whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. it took <laughs> yeah. to whip that show's ass. Like it would be, it would be my yeah. new with peace and love. I'm encouraging you to go. Go ahead, get that 200 grand. Get your money, man. Go ahead, and you and Gordon Ramsay go fuck it up with uh, you know some you know whatever Jim Norton. Have a good time. I'm turning to the other guy. I'm like, congratulations to him. This was great. Now we have to fucking turn the fucking burners on. That's what I would do. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I agree. So it's still an audio show. It's not a visual no, a audio vid- visual. Okay. It's still audio. Okay. Yeah. All then right. it's still, yeah. <laughs> you guys did a good job. You, I, I'm, su- I'm surprised. And we had, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you guys were as honest as you were. I, I you know, I'm, congr- I'm very, I figured that we were going to have some phoniness and there was no phoniness. We did not. I'm, I'm noticing that we were just like show me the money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you guys are. Listen, I'm glad that we all have a price and it's surprisingly low. That's what I'm. I'm very. I'm super surprised with how. I'm surprised how low everybody is right now. Million dollars, never make a knife again. I'll take the money. Two hundred, two hundred grand for for a five year contract. I'll take the money. You guys are. You're. you're, you're I appreciate. I appreciate how hungry you guys are. Do it. That's CPS. <laughs> that will be the next thing. With and it makes me realize it, just thinking about it, I come up with these old now that this this is more fun than sometimes you know answering questions is fun and all. I'm talking about buffering wheels is like okay great, but this kind of conversation I would say and we could you know this would be like after show talk. This is the natural progression for these content companies. Besides the fact that you have YouTube shows, I'm I'm convinced that podcasting is getting so big and I'm seeing we're seeing a lot of numbers in terms of like more podcasts are starting, more podcasts are starting. You're going to see more mm. companies who are looking for more broader audio, especially in the culinary world and, and stuff where people are neither time occupied, like makers. Yeah. 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 Agree. Last question. You guys went through this so fucking fast. You answered it in an honest way too fast. I got to come If up there's with money involved, the answer is yes. So before you say the question, there's money right. involved, the answer is yes. Now the ne- next week it's going to be sex or something like that or drugs or sex. I got to figure now I know that now I know that money's involved. 
You, well, the banana thing, you know, I got a lot of messages about the people, you know, taking the bana- one banana up the ass over a thousand. And it made me realize that there's probably a number. So last week, if you listened to the last week's episode, the main question, the, 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 the dumb question was you're in a locked in a room and you, there's a thousand bananas there, but you can't leave unless you either eat the thousand bananas or you stick one up your ass. There was hmm. a lot of like questions like. Well, does it have the peel on? And blah, blah, blah. if you <laughs> start quantifying, to, if you start to, if you, and then everybody, we all agreed, we all, we, we take the banana off the tailpipe. Yeah. But if it was a hundred <laughs> bananas, I think that we would, some of us would be like, I can do a hundred bananas. No, no, I think hundred bananas are still going up the tailpipe. Yeah, I th- have you ever eaten like more than two or three bananas in a day? You are stuffed up. <laughs> so I think. I think you'd be, you'd be you'd be capped at I'm maybe bananas. ten ten I can a do day. Bananas. Okay, okay. You know, and if you're doing ten a day, and if it's that's still ten days of your life. <laughs> that's, that's you my can't up there and get out the room. That's Dude, what I say. You can't eat ten bananas in a day. Yeah, you can. But what I'm saying is, you'll be stuffed up. Okay, you, you'll be. Yeah, it wouldn't be pleasant. Fifty and if you're bananas. Doing ten days in a row. Jeez. Fifty bananas. I'm saying, fifty bananas or and, one up the tailpipe. At the tailpipe, I think. <laughs> I think. Eight. eight. I think we'll get yeah, eight. eight. That's when a decision needs to be made. <laughs> oh, my God. God. You, I, I give you eight bananas or one up the tailpipe? You're taking the, you're taking the tailpipe? I think so. You're my I fucking so. hero. God damn. You're the most honest person of all time. I never thought. I used to go. I used to eat. I could eat like four bananas a day easy. I'm eight bananas. Like, what's the? What are you talking about? Get me out of this room. I'll be done with these eight bananas in no time. Eight bananas are one up the ass, and you're not even going to contemplate eating those bananas. <laughs> well, I just think wow. it's not just the eight bananas you need to eat. You know, you, you could you could physically eat the eight bananas, but you, a few days later, you're still going to be feeling the effects of that. <laughs> I, I think you just, don't think you're gonna feel the effects of the banana in the tailpipe this, a few this, days later. They're, they're soft. They're soft. You're fine. You're fine. Um, yeah, I think eight, eight is my you're number. You're my hero. You are eight my, is my official number. hero. Eight is your number. So seven. You're gonna eat the seven. I'm gonna eat the seven. You're the man. You are the fucking the best. Craig Lockwood is the goddamn best. God bless you, Craig Lockwood. Daniel Rogers in the chat says, I think Craig just has an object at the bunghole fixation. This is an honest I, man. I didn't come up with this. This is Jeff's question. He's the, he's the one who's been... Uh... I want to say to anyone in the red webs on the, on, watching us live, if you don't show respect to Craig Lockwood, I'm banning you because that was the most honest answer you're going to get. Eight. That's it. Seven. And if bananas start showing up in the mail, I won't be happy. So please, no send bananas my way. <laughs> eight. I love it. I'm so I'm so grateful to you for being honest like that. I'm so grateful to you. I st- I would eat eight. I think my number's like. I think we're getting into thirty five fifty. That's when I'm just like okay. wow. I don't know. Wow. Thirty five okay. fifty. Really? I could. De- I feel 20, like I could eat hundred bananas. You could eat what? I feel like I could eat hundred bananas in one day. You don't want to no, be in no. That room for we're not a day. saying you have to do it in yeah, one day. You don't want to. I mean, you want to stay in that room, though. I don't think I want to stay in that room for that long. I, like, I want to do like maybe a, I could do like an hour. Well, if you or think two. about it, the bananas are going to last what a week? So you got seven days, six, seven, eight days to make it happen. Hmm. I don't know. All right. I feel like I could let's, do that. Let's and, go to and the they last get softer question. over time. We've done. Yeah. We've done enough. Yeah. We've done enough. You've done enough. I'm <laughs> saluting you. You are my official hero. 
God bless you. Um, the last question Thanks comes from the 13th show. Floor Forge. After that one, I mean, ain't going to get much better than that. But if 13th Floor Forge sent me something from his college ethics class, you're involved in a two-car crash on the way to work one morning in which you accidentally hit and kill a pedestrian. Okay? As you get out of the car, you're intercepted by a tearful woman who seems to think that she hit and killed the pedestrian herself. <laughs> She's not sure why she thinks she hit the person, but she's convinced. This woman, she thinks, she knows she hit this person when you really did. There's only you, the woman, and the person you hit on the road. There are no witnesses. You know that whoever is deemed responsible will probably be sent to jail. What do you do? Craig, do I don't want you to answer first because I'm really hoping for it. I mean, you're like you're like the star of the show right now. So I want you're <laughs> answering last. I don't know if you're answering last, but I, I I need you to breathe on this for a second because I, yeah. I, I Mar- know Mar- something's Mar- coming, you at, go first. coming at Go on, Morocco. Go on, Morocco. I would go to jail. I couldn't. How could you live with that? But even if this woman was just put, like putting you the blame. Was... Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't live with that. Okay. okay. I, I've thought. I've thought. Go ahead. Um. I wouldn't go to jail. You're my favorite person and here's, on this and here's planet. Why. My favorite Be- person on this planet. Because <laughs> you know you've done it. You've got that guilt anyway. So there's no getting away from that. You've 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 got that guilt anyway. Um, if this was pre having kids, I'd say I'd go to jail. Now I have two little ones. I think I would let the other lady think she's done it. Um, still feel terrible because you know right. you've done it and it, it was an accident yeah, and, you know and all course. the rest of it um but i just think yeah i i having kids would change that answer for me and the wow. fact that i have kids I, I i would let the other person um take the heat take the heat if they're yeah. convinced you, you I know clearly have never thing. seen i know it's a terrible <laughs> thing but i also think being removed from my kids and them assuming that i'm a murderer for the rest of their life, it would be would be torture. Yeah, that's what I'm going. You clearly haven't seen. Uh, I know what you did last summer. No, I haven't. This is, this is that is that a similar predicament? Uh, yeah. So it's like a group of kids out partying. One of the kids accidentally dies, and they all band together to cover it up. And then a, a year later, somebody's coming after them and killing them all. Oh wow. Because wow. they know what you did last summer. Well, ah. I, mean, I, I number one is I would have a it's a slasher. I would, I would, when the police came, I would definitely say it might have been me. I can't be sure. Like I have to like I can't just you know like hmm. pretend. Like I have to be as honest as possible. I would have a I would have a hard time just not I. I these you don't go to jail for this stuff when you're like not covering shit up and you're honest usually like that's you know the grief is probably worth you know worth yeah the grief and the the feeling of you know i i would have a hard time not being honest about it that would be that would be real hard for me um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this round on you wait, now Jeff. Now i just wanted to make an announcement you failed 13th floor's ethics class but you're a hero to me because this is what I wanted. <laughs> what I wanted out of this thing was I wanted you guys, all of us, 
to answer as if we're not thinking about people listening or what are the ramifications of the things that I say. That's the true honesty is this, this, this feeling that you can say something without, because most of these podcasters are so full of shit. They, they, they're, they're these, <laughs> they all, these, I call them flea bags because they say these things that they hear or they repeat. Hmm. And then there's not really honesty. There's just like this, you know, these saccharine bullshit, you know, I want to be inspiring to everybody, you know, I mean, God bless you, peace and love, peace and love. But I mean, it's just like, I mean, let's be clear, you, you know, you're probably a piece of shit, but when the mic's on, you're not. So I just wanted this, you have, you have, you, I have, I thought it was going to get you guys with the money and the podcast, but I'm very, I'm mm. very proud of the both of you for being honest. I'm going to turn this round on you, Go Jeff. Ahead, do okay. It. So you are in your car Go ahead. Uh, with your daughter who is now driving. Yeah. Um, she's driving, yeah. and um, she, no, again, nobody else is around. She hits a pedestrian who then dies. Uh, nobody around. The police show up, um, and they say to you, who is driving? What are you saying? I think that we would both be... I think that she would, as a sensitive person, I think that she would have a real hard time with with the action. I think she would be, have a real... She's a very, very... She's like her mother. She's very, like, cut and dry. There's not really a lot of mm. room for hemming and hawing. I think that... Um, I think that she would not... I think that if I had go, if I had taken the heat and I'd gone to jail, I don't think she would be able to handle it. Like right. Most okay. parents. So, I, I mean, obviously, it's something you don't want to get involved in. And actually, the closest thing that's ever happened to that was we were doing some driving tests... We were doing some practice driving pre-permit because the after pandemic, you, they, they closed the DMV down, and she she had a hard time. You know, when she should have gotten her permit, she wasn't really allowed to based on how they allowed people to come in. So I was like, yeah. oh, let's just go to the school parking lot. No one's going to be down there. It's not a big deal. And we were driving around. It was very you know controlled, and she did a very good job. But there was one part where a police officer comes screeching past us, like, and she Hillary and my kid was just like. Is she coming? Is he coming for me? I'm like, no, 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 he's not coming for you. Don't worry about it. But then after he left, I said, let's just switch spots now. So, mm. I mean, the guy had already passed, but I was like, let me just switch spots now just in case. But yeah, in regards, yeah. I mean, you know, that was just like, I, she was really nervous that she was going to get pulled over. So that's a good so one. You'd let her, so you'd let her take the heat. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think that, so <laughs> once again, this is similar to the last one, like as long as everyone's like cr- crazy honest. Mm. I, I think that, in the in the in the end of the end of the day, I think that you got to do that. Yeah. Okay. But I okay. Mean, Let should we let's get, talk before we do that. Should we do this again? Is this a bit you guys like? Yes, I like it a okay. lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I'm gonna let's keep get. money out of it because we all know you're a bunch of because <laughs> I, I mean I, we're all a bunch of whores, really. I mean it's what it comes down to, which is fine. You no know, problem. We all. Have I didn't it. take the money last week. You didn't, but you did this week. So it's like you have a number. You know, it's like, I mean, if you got a number, I mean, it's no, like, it's if a, everyone's it's a, got a price. It's all about the context. Yeah, about context. I'm like, all right, so, you know, you're not a, yeah. you know, you're half a whore. I mean, I don't know, we're not like bracing it week to week. <laughs> we're not basing it week to week. I mean, it's just like, we all got a number, so. It's I mean, business opportunities. I know, yeah. but that's, what, that's what they said. That's what Julie whore. Roberts said, you know, it's a business opportunity. I know, I don't know all about it. <laughs> I'm with you. Go ahead, sorry, you know, you were, I was interrupting. Okay, let's talk about knives again a sec. Uh, Tyler Wilkins has sent in a question via Instagram. Um, hey, guys, I know Jeff has said he charges by the inch. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, um, talking about a whore. I wondered how you arrive at that pricing method, um, and he struggles with pricing all the time. Um, so we start obviously talking about, talking about knives. Jeff, do you 
I mean, I think we when we talked about charging by the inch, I think we were generally talking about sharpening, really. Um, but, I mean, do you do that with your knives? Uh, you, do you charge them by the inch for your knives? This is one of the things that Tony especially, you know, when I got a business partner, we wanted I wanted to have the business part, you know, dealt with. Yeah. And I really, he really wants a degree of fairness. And the fairness is the only way we can, you know, really kind of not be willy-nilly on the prices of stock removal knives based on, the, you know, we have little, you know, extra 75 bucks for this or, you know, whatever, was to have a structure. Is it perfect? No, but it's the best way that we could do. And if I did one knife, I really wouldn't worry about it. But because we do so many, we do have to, like, have some sort of metric. And that was really the only way we could come up with it. And then when mm. we thought about our pricing based on the amount of time it takes me to make and the materials and the blah, 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 we had, like, a baseline. And then we were able to, to do... Uh, figure out you know the, the cost i mean it's just some knives are easier to make the oyster knives are much easier to make than the you know k-tips or whatever yeah forks yeah. are easier forks are easier to make than you know steak knives and there is there is back and forth and there is some you know like trying to figure out the price per inch but price per inch has been the only way we could really have like a metric that was like it was logical it was like a logical progression yeah yeah we'll, we'll go to a morocco in a second because i think his answer may be um slightly different because he obviously makes his own Damascus. Um, but I, I think, I, I don't think I could do it that way simply because I do, you know, a bunch of different knives. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that the, I mean, the actual cost of the of the steel is is minimal. It's all down to the the time and effort that that we put into these knives. And let's, I mean, I've got, I've got one here. Let's say, for example, this little folder. If we were charged by the inch, this is, you know, very small compared to a kitchen knife but the amount of work that goes into it is 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 pretty much the same um with regards to time um so yeah i i don't do it by by the inch um but i do it by yeah the time basically that it would take and and i do a lot of sort of bigger batches of knives as well um particularly sort of table knives steak knives that kind of thing um and obviously they can come down in price if your people are ordering more simply because the way that I run things in batches it can be quicker um i, I don't really consider the materials in the costings because the materials are such a small small part of it um so yeah so it wouldn't really make sense for me to do it by the inch but Morocco, who who does things where he makes his own mosaic damascus and whatever it may be um i'd imagine you would charge by the inch what, what, what are you doing yeah, so when I worked for Bob Kramer, that <clears throat> excuse me, that is exactly like he did, and, and you know a lot of people, not only still, but a lot of people back then also did by the inch because that was pretty common. Yeah. Um, when I started, um, I I couldn't, I didn't feel good about by the inch because then I was looking. All right, so if somebody wants to buy a three and a half inch paring knife. I'm probably going to lose my ass on it because of the work that goes into making that steel and all the work that goes into grinding it. Yeah. A lot of people think that because it's smaller, it's easier because there's less material. But sometimes it can make it actually a lot more challenging because you are miniaturizing what is normally like a large chef's knife or something like that. Yeah. And the work can be a little bit finicky. So, yeah, you're using less materials. But like you said, Craig, the material cost in the overall between a small knife and a big knife really isn't that big of a difference. Um, and so what I came up with was what I would feel comfortable with 
as a base price for me and and made a three and a half inch or i guess a three inch pairing knife my base price so what would i feel is comfortable for me and and fair to me to get paid for the work that i made for that knife and then i also looked at the other end of the spectrum at like a 10 inch knife and i was like what would be fair not only from to me to be compensated, but what do, what do I think is reasonable? What what do I think the market can bear mm. um, when it comes to paying for a large ten inch custom made chef's knife? And whatever those the the price that range is, you just divide that by the seven inches in between. Yeah, girl. And <laughs> get it, girl. And you get your prices. Per, so you have your base price that you start at. Maybe you say, you know, six hundred dollars is solid for you for a, a very straightforward pairing knife. Then then from there you charge a price per inch. Maybe it's $75, maybe it's $125 if it's Damascus. You know, and you have different tiers also right. if it's mono steel versus uh, Damascus versus stainless steel. I would actually still charge a little bit because I mean, I guess depending on the stainless steel material. Some stainless can be a similar price as carbon, but obviously it can also be a little bit more of a bear to work with, depending mm. on you know, everything that's involved that goes along with stainless as well. And, and that all comes back to what's fair compensation. Do you, what do you believe is fair compensation for your time? And so I, I have, I, instead of just being straight by the inch, I have a base price for my three inch, what I think is fair for me. And then it just goes by the inch from there up to 10 inches. And then if somebody wants something like a, a large 12 inch slicer or something, I use that same by the inch price between three and 10. And I just add a couple inches from there and say, that's how much a 12 inch knife would be. It's, that's, I mean, you. I do. I mean, it's not like someone's sending me a message and they're buying three quarters of an inch of a knife. You know, it's, it's, Hmm. it's the same. I mean, for me, it's, they're different. Just the tip. Just, just the tip. (laughs) She said, how dare you both (laughs) ethics there. There's, I mean, it's all, I mean, it it comes from (laughs) that basis of what I'm willing to, you know, what is, it's how much labor it takes to do it. And then we go kind of go from there. But I mean, it was, we had to have a metric that made sense because of the variations. And that's yeah. what, you know, that's what we just decided. But yeah, I mean, obviously I'm just not sure. like, no one's buying like a two, you know, and we charge a full tang knife is by the inch for the whole thing. And then the hidden tang knife is just the blade. And then plus the handle and then the handle material is different. And then now the color lab, you get an upcharge and there's, there's all sorts of, you know, like I, Tony used to say to me, he said, you know, in some of these restaurants, you can have a, uh, there's like, a, what is it? Danny Meyer used to do a hamburger and the base hamburger was $9, but then it's a dollar for the cheese and it's a dollar for the lettuce and it's yeah. a dollar for the pickles. And it's like, all of a sudden you want ketchup, it's 50 cents. And then the bun is, you know, so that's like, you know, it makes it kind of a little bit more of a thing. Yeah. He, he, Danny okay, Meyer's his, Shake Shack, He, he right? was known for, uh, the Gramercy Tavern, which was, uh, Tom Colicchio's original place, which was probably one of the best restaurants in New York at the time. Oh, right. But yeah, Shake Jack. Okay, cool. Okay, well, talking about charging by the inch, um, it's time for the Dharma Steel Knife of the Week. Um, and what we do every week is we, we, we look through... Uh, People who have tagged Dharma Steel and, and tagged us, um, if they've used the steel and made something interesting, we'll bring them up. So um, I've got one here. Um, and this is by Vander Mullen uh, underscore Bladeworks on Instagram. It's obviously a folder. Um, and it's his first time using wow. Dharma Steel. And this is the, the, the ladder pattern that Dharma Steel do. 
um and it's it's pretty sweet for a, for a folder that's going to be a, a pretty cool blade so um yeah so go take a look at his work vander mullen uh blade works um handmade in rockford michigan um and he's got like a youtube channel and stuff as well um so yeah so go take a look that's i mean that's a beautiful blade um and that's with the uh, dharma steel ladder pattern um if you want to use dharma steel yourself um head on over to uh dharma steel's website and if you use a knife talk 10 you'll get 10 percent off so however many inches you need however many inches are good for you you're going to get 10 percent <laughs> off every single inch um so yeah head on over to dharma steel and um they've got, obviously got some Have beautiful mercy. beautiful patterns this that knife actually had a Definitely like this kind special. of Polynesian, Polynesian thing going on, you know, with the with those with those thick lines. Yeah, there's a little tiki thing going on a little bit. Oh, you see, like mm-hmm. the tiki it, face. There's a quality yeah, yeah. to that style. I love the the big yeah. the big it's contrasting cool. lines. It looks has something going on there. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of Come that. On, you man. know, the scream that painting, the scream. You know, the face sort of stretched down. Reminds me of that, but um, art talk. <laughs> okay, shall we take uh, the next question? Um, I've gone here from Soren underscore Smithy. What is your process for cleaning your blades right after, uh, right before getting it photographed? I feel like I'm always left with streaks on it. Um, cleaning blades before photographs. I I use acetone um, all the time, um, and that'll it almost like dissolves off then into the air. So any sort of fingerprints and stuff that you rub off. Um, if you're using, you know, some, something water-based, you're going to be left with streaks maybe from the water. But with acetone, it'll d- dissolve off into the But uh, I get streaks from acetone. Ether, um, and it, it seems yeah. to work really well for maybe me. Maybe it's the... I mean, I get like like a really? film, like these streaky films from acetone. I love acetone. Acetone is my favorite, but like it definitely... After after I use acetone, I got to use Windex or soap and right. water and a clean towel. Yeah, because I get like these... St- fucked up streaks noise the show oh wow i use so yeah so i'd use i use soap and water first dry it thoroughly but then i'll use a microfiber cloth with acetone and then just just rub rub down the blade and um yeah i I, it seems to work well for me um mareko i mean what are you doing I mean, we talked about a long time ago, me using like a paste wax to finish. Um, I've played with a lot of stuff and I'm still, I kind of always kind of gravitate back to, uh, oh shit, what is it called? The flag paste wax. Um, I just, I really like it. It polishes out by hand very easily, very cleanly. doesn't leave any funny streaks. It's pretty hardy stuff. And, um, and that's how I... I Damascus almost is a little bit more forgiving of cool. the streaks cool. than like a satin finish. Like the satin finish knives I do, it's like oh, streak sure. city, yeah. and you don't see it until you got in the sun Definitely. sunlight. You know, but like the Damascus has that. You know, has a little bit of right. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Sith bad boy says I wipe off. He's in the chat. You can obviously if you want to listen to us. Is that Laramie Jackson? I wipe off with acetone and wipe down with a Vivaplane, no pattern paper sure towel. Vivaplane is a uh, is a, a paper towel company, I think. Viva, Viva. I thought Viva. It, uh, my dyslexia yeah, saw Viva. something different when I Viva first read it. Right. Wipe it down with the vagina plane. That's what I thought. I saw. I, yeah. saw. I find if I use a. <laughs> <laughs> I find if I use a paper towel, I'll get um, 
little tiny little things that you won't see with your eye but when you when you when you take a photograph and you zoom in you'll see these little tiny especially if you've got any sort of uh, engraving or anything in there you know it really sticks right. out um so yeah I, I tend to use pretty much like like uh, Larami does there um, but I'll use a micro uh, a microfiber cloth <laughs> just because no bits will come off basically Sure. Um, but if you get a good finish on your blade, um, you shouldn't really how? have any streaks anyway. Um, and you know how you can get a good finish on your blade? It, well, if you use the number one sandpaper in the world, made by Indasa, Rhino Wet, which is what most knife makers are using because it's the best stuff. Um, it just it just lasts a bit longer. It's just yeah, it's great, and you can get a variety of different grits, um, and it's going to save you time. And if it's saving you time, what's money, it saving you? Money. <laughs> You don't normally oh, ask us questions Jesus in the middle of the reads, for Christ's sake. Jesus. <laughs> it's saving you money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> and we can save you money, too. If you head on over to TexasFarriersupply.com, um, they actually sell Rhino Wet, as well as a bunch of other stuff um, for, for knife makers. They have a whole section for knife makers. Go have a look what they've got. Use Knife Talk 10, and you'll get 10% off. Um, the whole order, not just your rhino wet. So, yeah, make sure you do that. Um, TexasFarrowSupply.com. Fiery Ice Forge. Um, oh, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Jason Glover is in the chat, um, and he just said, yeah, rhino wet is amazing. And we find, we, we hear that a lot from oh. a lot of our listeners, and they thank us for sort of recommending rhino wet because it's great stuff. So, so yeah, head on over to um Fill up your basket with rhino wet and whatever else you need from them. Cool. Nice. Okay, shall we call it a day? Shall we call it a day? Do you think? Or should we take maybe one or Whatever two, one or two more questions? Let's do one more question. One more question. Um, okay. And then uh, this one comes from Jaska. Jaska says, "Hey cuties, I've been a maker of things for as long as I can remember. Four years ago, I entered the corporate world to ensure that I can provide for my family. I work a high stress, unfulfilling eight to five job." It has me working over more overtime without additional pay to make it worthwhile most of the time. Jask is miserable. This leaves me with a limited time to share with my loved ones and even less time to focus on what I really want to do uh, to further develop myself, my love for knife making and making shit in general. Long story short, that was a long story. Still long. Fine. <laughs> Jaska. I'm with you, Jaska. So I'm just a fool around. Um, as, as a developing and fairly new knife maker, where do you find the time to spend on your craft without feeling guilty that you're neglecting part of your other life? Really appreciate the show and the amount of time and effort that each one of you put back into the, to inspire people like me. The world needs more people like you. What do you do? How do you handle making and your family and the job that you hate how do you do it all guys it's di it's difficult isn't it to do everything you need to be doing you know um i think out of the three of us i, I certainly spend a lot less time in the shop than than, than you know out of, out of the three of us anyway um simply because there's yeah there's a lot going on we you know we're, we seem to be forever moving houses um and you know with kids and stuff i'm uh, you know i'm the sort of primary sort of um, caregiver to the kids because my wife works full time um, so even though I'm trying to work full time doing what I do I'm not really a full time knife maker because I'm, I'm looking after kids you know most of the time um, that does change very very soon um, and it, it, I suppose it's those things that you know I know that the kids will be going to school soon so then I can get back to being full time so 
I know this is temporary, so it's it's not that much of a problem. But um, you know, for 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 you know the guys out there who have full time jobs, eight to five, and then they have a family, you know, I think I've got it bad. But geez, it must it must be really difficult for you to to juggle that, and and maybe to juggle that sort of guilt as well that you then feel when you're not working that you maybe should be spent thinking you should be spending time with your family when when you know you want to be doing something else. But I think. You need to find that balance because you need to be happy and because otherwise what's the point in spending time with your family if you're not you know, being fulfilled elsewhere and being happy, I suppose. So so it is really difficult and with regards to, you know, how do you solve it? it, it there's no real answer there, is there, I'm afraid. What do you think, Marika? I mean, I've, yeah, I feel like every, every answer is going to be different. Yes. Yeah. The, that balancing act is going to be different for everybody in their individual situations. Uh, I think, though, like especially with a stressful job, or even if your job isn't stressful, like we we gotta make time for ourselves, even if we have family. And maybe it's a situation where like he could bring the kid into the shop too. I don't know how old. did he mention how old the kids were. No, um, but you know, I th- I think we all gotta have our little side thing that helps, kind of. Addition that gives us additional purpose or meaning or some sort of sense of accomplishment and achievement, and you know maybe it's playing guitar, maybe it's painting, maybe it's knife making. If if it's really that important to you, then and and, and maybe during your normal day you don't have time for it because between work, you know maybe you're starting the day out helping with the kids and then you head off the work. You come home, you're helping with the kids, and then at the end of the day you're gassed. But if you really want to have that time you you'll find it either earlier in the day um before anybody's up or maybe a little bit later in the evening after everybody goes to bed you get your time with the kids you get your time with the wife she goes to bed and then or your partner and then and then you take a few hours now later in the evening obviously it's going to be hard to be grinding and make a bunch of noise even if it's in a detached garage in a neighborhood or whatever but you know i don't know you you can find the time for it uh, and hopefully, just like Craig's wife understood him being hungover as fuck this morning, um, <laughs> hopefully you get the support of your partner to to have to try to help carve out some time for yourself, even if it's only two hours, hmm. a, a, you know, a week. Like it's something. Like it's yeah. it's something because we all need that something that we suffer a shitty job for. He, you know, you support your family. Like there's, there's a reason to suffer that kind of job to help support your family, keep a roof over your head, food in your belly, but also having a, a little bit of a reward outside of those. You know, obviously all those things are beautiful, but something for yourself personally is also important. I think. Nice, nice thoughts, Jeffrey. I think I was thinking about two people in sp- specifically who have made big sacrifices in order to do it all. Uh, one is Chris Zepp, uh, Make Everything Shop. Mm. He's, I mean, I don't think there's anybody who has figured out a way to try to do it all. I and mean, he tries to do it all. Amazing shop. He's got a full-time job. He works nights. He works weekends. He works, you know, he does whatever it takes to get time in to do what he wants to do, plus all the other nonsense he does. And then another one is our friend Ben Snoor. Um, ben runs a whole ranch. He's It's a big job. And then he takes his you know has dinner with his family takes his you know helps put the kids to bed and then he goes to the shop and he works all night he makes his hammers at night he's not making them during the day and i think that 
there comes a time, and I, I know that when I had my shop away from, when I had my shop in the, at my house, I had a basement and I had a shed. I was definitely much more aware of the time I had free, 15 minutes here to glue something up, mm-hmm. or 10 minutes there to tape something up. And, and then I also was conscious of, all right, I can't start grinding at six in the morning, but I can do this. It was very, very, I became very, very uh, conscious of my time and what I could do and couldn't do. So it allowed me to, like, I wake up at six o'clock in the morning, I clean the shop up, you know, and then all of a sudden everyone's got to go. And every, you know, all of a sudden now at 830 or so, I can start to make a little bit of noise. And then I was consciously, you know, figuring out things I could do <clears throat> in the time that I had. But the very, the very, very, um, the most important thing was during pandemic, I used to work Saturdays. And then when pandemic started, I stopped and I stopped really, I start spending time with my family. And that was so much more important. And I now don't work weekends in the shop because I'm getting more time with my kid. Plus, my wife works weekends sometimes. My kids, my kid works weekends sometimes. So like getting to like this Saturday is the, this Sunday is the only time we're all going to be together until my kids start school. Mm-hmm. So we're all going to go to the beach. We're stopping everything. We're going to the beach on Sunday. And it's because my kids and well, the three of us aren't going to have time together yeah. at all. So I'm very conscious of those times and then thinking about it, but it's, there are sacrifices needs to be made. And it, I think that there are more ways than you realize that you can, you know, do the things you want yeah. to do. And if you want really badly, you'll you'll carve time somewhere, somewhere. You know, it's one of those things. And if you're carving, if you're carving anything, what grinder are you using? Good point. Tell us, Jeff. What <laughs> grinder would you use? Uh, I'm using Broadback Ironworks two by seventy two grinder from BroadbackIronworks.com. Seamless. And if you, and if you go to BroadbackIronworks.com and you put in promo code Knife Talk Ten, you're going to get ten percent off your entire order. That includes the grinder and the VFD. That's going to include, because let's face it, everybody, ladies and germs, don't be cheap. Get the VFD. You'll thank me later. No one's ever said the biggest mistake I got was getting a VFD. (laughs) Nobody ever. Nobody Nobody ever said buying an even heat was a bad decision, and no one ever said getting a VFD was a bad decision. So... There, Jason Glover got his Broadback Ironworks 2x72 grinder. You can go to broadbackironworks.com, promo code KNIFETALK10. Get the, get the attachments, all the attachments they have. They have the, the, all the slack belt arms, and then they have the contact wheels, and then they got the, the integral fuller attachment, and they got the, 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 um, the, uh, the, the attachments so you can turn your grinder into a disc sander. I mean, come on, man. Come on, it's enough already. Get yourself a Broadback Ironworks, and then you'll also save on shipping because it's in, in in packing crates and a pack a, a USPS uh, flat rate package. And you're in business. So BroadbackIronworks.com promo code Knife Talk Ten. Bingo, bango, bongo. That's it. That's a oh show. God. Strong ending. Right. Okay. Thank you all for for well watching if you're in the chat and for listening if you're listening from Monday onwards. Thank you all so much. We shall speak to you all very very soon. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. One hour 35. Wow. I'll tell you what, why I like this bit. Mm. The bit is good because I'm trying to make us have a conversation.
as opposed to just we get questions from the listeners and some of them yeah. are great but th- we end up with like an answer from the each of us instead of having a conversation like we don't pose questions to each other so i'm going to try to i want to pose more things to kind of create a conversation because yeah, otherwise works. we're gonna i mean we need to we need to freshen things up yeah. sometimes and i think it's fun yeah and people like the banana banana talks <laughs> it's become a thing <laughs> no i like it like you said it, it's a good sort of discussion and it yeah it makes you think it's not necessarily always knife related but it's it maybe business related or something so yeah it, it, it's it's pretty good and feel free to bring in your own as well your own uh, ethical dilemmas that we can yeah, talk for about. sure. Because yep. a lot of it's also like I listen to these podcasts and everyone gives this these like I said these saccharine answers that are like, you know what you're supposed to say because you're worried about what people are gonna think of or say or think of you, and it's just like yeah that's not really what people want to hear. People want to hear you shoving up bananas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stuff like that and admitting to how many it'll take. Before Jason you do. Glover is still in chat. Um, call me Mammoth Creek Knives. I have very few followers on Instagram. This is a shameless plug. Now we've we've never like called somebody out from the chat before, but <laughs> you're close to being thrown off the show, Jason. We have rules for these kinds Jeez, of things. <laughs> I miss the call-ins and the, well, the, the cut-off music. You know what? The, the big the, That's the biggest problem is because we can't count on people to have good yeah. you know, internet yeah. connections. And it's just like, that's the worst. That's the most brutal yeah. part. See, that's why we got to take that 200 grand a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Show the producers and writers and, oh, if my God. Only. Yeah. Huh. Those are going to happen again. I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that I think that's going to happen again. I think that it's, it's, it's too much of a good revenue generator. Yeah. Like, you know, the way they run ads through the podcast and stuff like that. I, I think that someone's going to figure out a way like it. We're going to look at the, we're going to see how many you have. And then like basically the, the makery mm. network, but like on a bigger scale. Yeah. I, I think know? so, because more and more people are listening to podcasts because it's that perfect while you're traveling in the car or whatever, you know, you can still be entertained, right. but you know, your eyeballs are still keeping things safe. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, what well, I wanted to chat about, did you guys listen to the Joe Rogan episode where they had the, the North Korean girl on? No. What wow. was it all about? I, yeah, I, I, I've listened to it in chunks over time, you know, and I've, I've listened to the end of it today. Um, so basically, she was in, she was brought up in North Korea and managed to escape. Um, and now she's in America and she's telling the story of, of, you know, how it really is there. It is unbelievable. I mean, I... I I, I rarely listen to the Joe Rogan uh, shows now, to be honest with you, because most of the time he's just getting drunk with his buddies or whatever, and I, I don't don't bother. Um, but I saw so many people um, in my feed saying, you know, it's 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 like the, the show. If you can listen to one show, listen to this one. It hmm. is horrific what was going on, you know, and what still goes on there now. You know, it's unbelievable. But um, yeah, right. worth. Yeah, it's a long show. I think it's like two and a half hours, but it's it's worth listening. I've I've listened to it in chunks, and it, it's just heartbreaking, mm. heartbreaking. You know what sure. this girl went through, and the fact that so many people are still going through this now. It's crazy times, crazy. Did you watch Ted Lasso? No, oh. I still haven't. I'm like I got all these other shows that I'm too embarrassed <laughs> to tell you I watch. That I'm, I'm tr- trying to get My through. Little Pony. No. Not far off. Love though. Island, um, <laughs> but but I, you know I I do like I do I do I do like Cocaine Cowboys. Mm. I'm still on Cocaine Cowboys. Yeah. That's really nice. good. I'll tell you what I'm watching. I'm fucking stuck on the goddamn Titans. 
the Teen Titans, not the t- cartoon, but like <laughs> they did like a live action Titans. Right. I'm a huge Dick Grayson fan. I think the Dick, the Dick Grayson Robin is probably the most underrated and most important character in, in, in the development of a character in comic books. Mm. So like the ki- and the person who plays it actually does a great job. So mm. I'm embarrassed to say that I watched the Titans. Never heard of it. You know who Dick Grayson nope, is? Never, never heard of it, no. All right. You know who, you know who Batman is? I know who is? Batman is, Craig? yes. Okay. You know who I Robin do. is? Yes. The original Robin is Dick Grayson. Oh, ah, right. Okay. So they created this character, and as he grew older, he was just like, this is fucking crazy. What am I doing with this maniac? And I'm dressed up like a fruitcake. What am I doing? <laughs> he leaves Disillusion, starts the Teen Titans with other sidekicks, like, in the comic books, he starts with all these other sidekicks, yeah. and then they start to become like the the, the Justice League of America Junior. Like they're all yeah. like these bitter I sidekicks. Out or just already, like, Jeff. Well, just listen to me. Just listen. I'm to a me. grown the, man. The concept I don't, I don't, com- uh, comics don't interest me. Listen, you ape banana motherfucker. Just listen to me for a second. I'm going to tell you why it's interesting. What's interesting about it is because they created this. This is the one character that they've created. He's evolved throughout time to be an interesting wow. character. That's all. Is it, is it a true story? B- body is it a true story? No. Uh, fucking fucking oh Robin. It's fucking Robin. So I fine. You I fine. You I, I, so I never knew the backstory for the Teen Titans. I do remember watching that when I was a kid, the cartoon. But I and I've seen that the the Titan advertising. Was that on Netflix or Amazon? It's one of those. HBO right? Max. Oh, saying HBO. Max. We're gonna be getting rid of that soon. Nice. We're gonna be getting rid of. We're gonna be getting a, r- a lot of stuff. We're gonna be sh- reshuffling <laughs> our oh, yeah. subscriptions because we're looking into getting a. We're looking into getting of some, mm. so uh, we're gonna have to do some shuffling. They mount up, don't they? Those all those subscriptions to things, they <laughs> creep it's up like, on you. He's like, you oh, know, geez. And then you feel guilty. But the the original comic from the '80s was um, was incredible because it was very, very, it was very, very dark. Yeah. It was very, very dark. But regardless, that so I'm I'm stuck on that goddamn thing. I'm it's I'm embarrassed to say, but I had a we had a talk getting back into health, and people were asking about the colonoscopy. We've been having like my wife, God bless her. She knows how to navigate. We've been taking advantage of our health care. She's a uh, she's got decent yeah. health care, so we're taking advantage of it. Plus, we're coming up on the 21st anniversary of 9/11. We sucked in the air from the world, you know, the ground zero for the months that it was, you know, bought. we were downwind of it for yeah. a long time. So I I went to get I've been getting I get my eyes checked they thought I had glaucoma I dodged that bullet I I went to go get my blood work done everything's looking good I'm at like the lowest I've been weight wise in a long long time and I got 20 more pounds to go before I'm really happy but everything's good so I went to get the colonoscopy and I'm gonna in the next episode of the Full Blast podcast I talk about the entire thing and the when it was all over I was told that they had to you know when you're out and they're up there. They don't wake you up and say, is it okay if I do this? <laughs> they think, fuck, they're up there. They fucking, you know, it's like they got the banana with the claw on it, and they fucking give it to you. Um, so they removed four polyps yeah. t- for biopsy. So I had to wait. I had to wait. And the crazy thing was, and this is how about American healthcare, which is you cannot afford to be sick in this mm-hmm. country. It is, it's too expensive. So our insurance approved this guy. The the not the, I shouldn't say this guy. It's not like he went to like some back alley colonoscopy <laughs> thing. It was like an office. They 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 approved the 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 consultation. The guy said, "Okay, we'll let's do it." It was approved. I had the whole thing done, 
And then after everything was done, the insurance company said, we're denying this procedure. Oh, wow. Wow. So we got a bill for $6,000. Jeez. Fuck that. And the reason why is because the office that that I went to the 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 original office was approved mm-hmm. the same office w- did the procedure on under a different llc so the name was changed so it was like doctor somebody 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 approved mm-hmm. then it's doctor somebody 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 consulting oh. and then that wasn't approved so my wife is just like yo you don't you can't do mm-hmm. this you can't do this you if this is the case you have to tell us before you have to tell us beforehand yeah. So Fire Ice and Steel's he says he says I thought it was going I was going to say $2000. Fire Ben Seacrest might be getting like discount colonoscopies. <laughs> I like white glove service colonoscopies. <laughs> I don't do the knife talk 10 for my colonoscopies. I want to pay full bri- price. I want high level. I want pet rose petals. I want the fucking red carpet treatment. I want white glove service when I get s- invasive surgery in my colon, okay? Thank you. You go ahead and get your get your Get your bargain basement, <laughs> BJ's, BJ's club colonoscopy. I'm with you. So, it's been a week of like stress because we were thinking, you know, we just bought, the, we just paid for this roof. We have a few other things we have to take care of, and we're just like, how the fuck am I supposed to? How the fuck are we supposed? And my wife is like, she's like, I deal with these goddamn hmm. people all the time. They are scum and ruthless. Yeah. We got finally got the we got got the okay. But the, like the, the company, my wife called up. She's like, "Look, this is some giant bullshit." And we called the lab up. You're gonna have to change your the bit the way you bill because all of a sudden, and I'm an employee of this you know this healthcare. This is some bullshit. Mm. You can't do this. So that was the the story was that it was like it was uh, yeah, W R Crumb said I should have put in Knife Talk Ten when I put the checkout. Yes, thank you. The insurance company takes yeah. If you use this insurance company, you can take Knife Talk Ten. But it is stunning because I also saw the bill when I had my eyes checked, and it was like another eight hundred dollars just to get my eyes checked. You cannot afford to be sick in this country, and this is the biggest problem. I didn't go in because I felt something. I didn't have the fucking guy said to me he's like are you in here are you in here for bleeding i'm like no i'm not in here for bleeding do you have any problems like no i don't have any problems i get a message from the insurance company says you're at 45 you should be getting a colonoscopy Mm. so i'm just doing cancer treat cancer screening like i'm supposed to like you're telling me to yeah and there's no preventative there's no education in this country about preventative health care but then there is no way that you would. I mean, I had no. I had no idea. I didn't. It's not like I felt the polyps. I had no idea. But they had to take them mm-hmm. out. So all of a sudden, I, I didn't get the two grand, the Ben Seacrest two grand special. I got the. <laughs> I had to get the. You know the. I had the removal yeah. and the biopsy. And it was just surprising to me that this country had. You, as listeners, as people in this, you got to start being healthy. Mm-hmm. You just got to start eating healthy and eating right because there's shit that's out of your control that you just can't, you're not going to be ready to. And I got to go back and get another one in three years. So we, thankfully, as of today, I got the message from my wife saying, can, I, you can congratulate me because I got it squared away with the insurance company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, how the fuck do you do you that? You shouldn't have to do that's that, fucking, you? you know? It's crazy. That's so hilarious. It's hilarious that your insurance company was like, Hey, you should probably go get this procedure done. Yeah, that mm. doctor's good. 
Oh wait, we're not gonna cover that. Sorry. Yeah. After the fact. <laughs> yeah. Now the now the 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 office and I had to. Fuckers. I didn't do. I wasn't a, a Karen. I wanted to be Karen. <laughs> but the there was there was they. I gave them my. Well, the first time I was there, they they took my driver's license and, and insurance card. And they forgot to give it back to me. I didn't realize it until I come back home. And then they got my telephone number wrong, and they tried to call me a couple times. And they were like, "We tried calling you." I'm like, "What's the number you gave me?" I'm like, well, "You fucking wrote my number down wrong." So there's like a lot of back office like bullshit. But it's like if you can't navigate through these things, you're somebody would be like, "All right, well, I guess I got to pay six thousand yeah. dollars without any recourse." It's crazy. Madness. Crazy. Madness. That sounds, sounds crazy to me because, you know, being in the UK, we wouldn't have to pay anything. And, and over here, insurance is dirt cheap and it's provided anyway. So, but yeah, to have to pay for, you know, procedures like that, it's crazy. So let's go back well, to Jason let, Glover. Let's, sorry. Let, just real quick. Yeah. Jason, Glo- Jason Glover and the thing said, I can't afford insurance. Mm. I'm going to die one day. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you this, but without insurance and without being able to, you, you're not going to just die. You're going to go into slow. debt and painful mm. <laughs> it might not be painful it might not be painful if they said to me that these polyps are relatively normal but in three years they would have been a problem mm. so like if i didn't get this procedure done and i waited then i'm fucked yeah, yeah. wow wow so that was the biopsy result that the things are normal i mean you want to know the biopsy results give us the biopsy results it was scary it's still scary so you've actually had official results now i had and we're gonna have to deal with it okay but what what was the you want to know what it is okay it's this show is brought to you by the makery the podcast network for makers At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 